Hello and welcome back to Black Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are here for a new series that we're starting called The Center, which is on USA. We're going to jump into the first episode. But before we do, let's take a look behind the curtains. I just want to ask Piers, maybe grab a pencil, take some notes. I'm about to drop knowledge. As I mentioned earlier, this is the show on USA. It has three, and I believe is pending a fourth season. Uh, this is an anthology crime drama. I have been keeping it in my Netflix queue for quite some time <laughs> and thinking I will eventually just binge watch this, but I finally had the opportunity to put it on the schedule. So here we are, we can take this journey together it is based on the center by petra hamsafar hopefully i sta uh, stated that right the show was developed by Derek simmons and it stars well executive producer and stars jessica beale uh, there's quite a few executive producers on here um donna e bloom is the actual producer and our cast include Bill Pullman, Pullman, geez, I can't talk today. Bill Pullman as Harry Ambrose, uh, Jessica Bill as Cora Tonetti, Christopher Abbott as Mason Tonetti, uh, Don Norwood as Dan Leroy, and Abby Miller as Caitlin Sullivan. That is our first season. Uh, we have two additional seasons, so once we get there, I'll make sure to update our cast list. Uh, there are a few recurring characters. I'm just going to name a few. Joanna Adler as uh, police captain. Uh, Danielle Burgess as Maddie Beecham. Patty D'Arbonville as Lorna Tanetti. There are eight episodes in the series, which I love. I love stories that are compacted. They know what they're doing. They have a very um, not overly long pace to it. Those are my, yeah, I love the shortened seasons, like 22, even 15. Just too many, way too many episodes sometimes. Uh, so it's nice to have these short seasons of a show. It feels also like you haven't been watching it forever. <laughs> and we all know when a show is like 10 or 12 seasons, things get a little you know all those seasons aren't great i would say the reception is pretty dang good considering it has <laughs> four seasons but it looks like it's mostly a 7.54 out of 10 based on 33 reviews well that was the second season my bad first season was a 90 percent based on 41 reviews so yeah i'm looking forward to this journey Our first episode, part one, was written by Derek Simmons, and it was directed by Antonio Campos. Premiered 8-2 of 2017, and I gave it an 8.9 out of 10. Solid premiere. We open with a woman swimming in a lake. Some crane about sinners, a blonde woman in a red dress getting on an elevator asking, Are you coming? And someone asking or inquiring the name Cora. 
Then things got very gnarled sparkly. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. There was something so pleasant about that place. Even your emotions have an echo in so much space. And when you're out there without care, yeah, I was. I wasn't expected that at the time of night I was watching it. <laughs> so it attacked me in my visuals, but I liked it. Cora and her husband, Mason, work for his dad in some type of business involving lumber. And she seems to be the heir apparent. As they are driving home, she tells her husband that they basically live under his parents as they not only work together, they need to also have dinner every night after work and they're the babysitter under pressure under pressure she calls him a mama's boy they have a son named lonnie that grandma definitely is parenting <laughs> i was of two minds about that scene like one i was like you ain't gonna tell me i can't pick up my own child because it's my child but at the same time yeah people do need to establish their own rules when you're not away otherwise they won't listen when you're not away so i felt conflicted in that scene because i i could see both perspectives after dinner they walk not even <laughs> a yard away to their home and this is not acceptable i'm already plotting how many miles i could put between me and my family after these eight years of the are up and I got six more to go. <laughs> I could never. I know people like that too. They're just like, yeah, I live down the street from my parents. Really? <laughs> right now, the next place I move, I'm making sure it's not a place my mom can jump on the highway and get to because she doesn't drive the highway. So I don't have to worry about her showing up at my door randomly when she feels like it. Friday night is booty time. And Mason is very randy, though it seemed like she was less into it she kind of felt a little repelled but i guess maybe she possibly has some sexual trauma in her past or has some trauma or whatever the case but it doesn't seem as if because i was thinking like are, is he just really not noticing this or, or maybe this is something that he's more than a little aware of and something they work through she does choose to take medication beforehand she was also using that good old-fashioned excuse of i don't feel well <laughs> before giving in to him the next morning ron wakes her at 6 a.m because he decides that's a good time to start doing the lawn i would lose my shit and i mean lose my shit <laughs> even now I would have <laughs> my do-rag on, my house slippers on, and I would be down yelling at someone if they started doing their long hair that fucking early. She begins to clean and prepare for a day at the beach with the family, and he teases her a little bit, like mom asked me to come over and I just really couldn't say no to her. <laughs> Heather invites them to join her family once they get to the beach, but they decline. She felt like she really needed the company, but she seems to be a single parent, so maybe that's why she felt the need, but okay. 
she was very pushy like why don't you come over and sit with me i absolutely despise that if i wanted to go with you or i had plans to hang with you you would know beforehand if you just happen to see me and we know each other but i have not invited myself into your company leave me the fuck alone while staring at heather loving her child she smells her own child's hair before swimming out past the barrier and attempting suicide by drowning which is a terrible way to attempt suicide because one your body's just gonna fight back if you had taken some drugs beforehand which is what people would do then that would make a lot more sense but your body's natural response is not gonna let you just drown yourself she goes back unless it's like in some waves and something that you can't overcome she goes back with mason who senses something is off but he lets it go which is probably bothering him like fucking crazy at this point as she feeds her son a pear and he complains about the fact that he's a little latch baby a couple frankie and his girlfriend leah display some pda on the beach and she starts playing songs that he made in high school she seemed bothered by it mason's like they're just young and in love but one song in particular seems to trigger the shit out of cora and she takes that parry knife and stabs him to death with mason wrestling her away she even stabbed at him in shock she simply collapses on the sand stained beach in blood and on her before the cops show up and arrest her with mason unable to meet her eye i just don't know what went wrong this of course shocked everyone as we heard many people screaming um dude frankie was bleeding out like a motherfucker his girlfriend leah was freaking the fuck out like why did you do this it seemed as if she was trying to save her um detective ambrose is watching someone somewhere else this lovely day that causes him some physical distress because he does like to do something with his fingernails that look painful until he is called to the scene of the crime where dan his partner thinks it's pretty much a open and shut case the victim we learn his name for the first time is frankie beaumont 29 years old and a doctor ambrose remarks more upon the white pines and the ecosystem out of balance than on the gruesome murder so he's definitely one of those guys cora has a flashback of her dad putting her to bed and praying for mom and sister to be better though she doesn't want her mama to come back she calls mason who thinks he should go to the station when he's with his parents but he refuses or just doesn't pick up the phone call and is understandably in shock i mean you're asking all of the questions like do i even know this woman what the hell happened what triggered it what's in her past has she done this before you just you never know when something that out of the blue comes up you need a minute dan and harry interview her where she confesses and claims to not know frankie but killed him because the music was too loud harry's like i'm gonna let you know that's bullshit and i thought his excuse was bullshit what do you mean people don't just kill other people because the music gets too loud yes yes they do (laughs) depending 
it might be other things going on but definitely that might have popped it off however she confesses she doesn't actually know why she killed him mason goes to the station but drives away still not mad at it i know she needs support but that's a lot to ask in less than 24 hours harry dan and the chief debate what they have what's the case that's presented the da has everything they need and there's a confession and while dan understands harry's assessment may be right on the fact that you know there's something else going on that this is an emotional killing there isn't much to be done about that so uh, she doesn't answer any more questions they don't have a reason to not allow her to make the plea she seems of mind and body or whatever <laughs> cora is mentally deteriorating however in her cell and i would think this would be able to be used well she didn't get a, she decided not to get a lawyer that's why so i would think a lawyer would be like uh, but i would think maybe the state would have i don't know i'm not uh <laughs> that well versed up on the law she's continuing to hear the song played while she killed that man or before she killed the man while begging for sleeping pills then reducing to praying harry spends his night with the woman i think he was stalking at that restaurant that also happens to be his dominatrix which might be why his wife hasn't taken him back <laughs> there's already a memorial on the beach for frankie which harry visits the next morning he also visits mason who is already being hounded by the press of course he mentions when he looks through their room that he didn't uh mention this in his statement but his wife went for the girl leah saying she was safe like she was saving her he also doesn't know what to say to someone he watched become someone else mom explains to cora as a child that her pregnancy took all her energy because she was so much so by the time she had phoebe she had no more energy and that's why she's sick it's the hard knock life for us it's the hard knock life for us so if you wonder why she didn't want her mama to come back because she's uh very much mentally unhealthy <laughs> she meets phoebe uh, her sister who is very sick and a child and a you know an infant it would seem and feeble and not clear if she should have been released from the hospital she was awfully blue her parents are religious zealots telling her the only way that phoebe will live is if cora is not a sinner under pressure under pressure the guilt this poor child must be suppressing because clearly something happened to bb <laughs> she said her parents were dead too i'm not sure if uh that's even true because considering <laughs> who they are she might just want them to be dead or at least her mama she seemed to really like her dad mason finally comes to visit her once she's transferred to county where he apologizes for not coming the previous day and wants to know what's next he even believes that something must have triggered what happened but she intends to plead guilty sans any lawyer and tells him bluntly whatever he has to do she doesn't blame him he has to move on and that she appreciates 
that he gave her the one thing she never thought to have which was a normal life getting emotional at the fact that she's just giving up and leaving them he leaves harry is off to see leah to confirm that Cora was in a delusional state with this new information he has two hours to prove this as dan tells him but is put to a halt when he gets to the hospital and leah is sedated so he questions the friend i'm not sure what his name was uh, who isn't very helpful even at jump saying i don't want to go over this once again so let's not so when he asks the question he's like yeah i'm not gonna help you um but when his manhood is called into question since he froze and sat on the mat and didn't do anything while mason ran a whole fucking 10 meter dash <laughs> he tells him it looked like frankie had recognized cora and not only recognized but let her kill him after the first stab to the neck he could have fought her off but he decided or seemed to choose not to just as she begins to enter her plea the episode ends i want to know if he's going to be able to get there in time of course but what evidence does he have really other than they may have known each other that he can't unless the other girl's off of sedation i'm not sure i'm really not sure maybe mason shows up and he's able to speak to his wife's mindset at the time because i would think he would be the best person i don't even know why he wouldn't have typed that up extra in his again i'm not sure about the law but i'm not sure if you can change your plea i thought you could change your plea if you decided not guilty then you could put in for guilty extenuating circumstances mental health i'm not on my legal logistics come from law and order in any category because i've watched them all so (laughs) with that that is how we're gonna wrap up the episode (laughs) if you want to send feedback blackocouch at gmail.com you can send it in written or audio format you can also comment below my social media will be there as well remember to like share subscribe until the next time peace hair grease and blacko magic